And we started singing. Loz said to me, you know, maybe we should sing him a song every day. And I started singing to him, uh, You've Got a Friend in Me, which is where the Woody and Toy Story theme came yeah, from. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we sang that to him religiously every day of his life. I made a point, even if it was like five to midnight, I'm like, shit, I haven't sung a song. I need to sing it to him today. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Still Parents Podcast. It is Sunday night. We are live down here from the Still Parents Podcast studio. My name is Dan. I hope you are doing all right. And uh, whenever you are listening to this, whether you're watching live on the stream tonight or if you're listening uh, back to this through your podcast provider, whenever that is, then uh, thank you very much. And you can get in touch with us through our Instagram, Still Parents Podcast, our Twitter, Still Parents Pod, and the website, stillparentspodcast.co.uk. Evening, Ryan. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I've stitched you up. Yeah, that's your own fault. That is. Do you know what, right? Right. I think we've mentioned this before. Ryan likes to bring in the world's chewiest sweets, which is very nice. Yeah. But just before, <laughs> weld your mouth shut. Yeah, I nearly pulled a tooth out. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, how are you? I, I, I went to Reflex last night. What the eighties bar? I was in Reflex at six o'clock yesterday afternoon. I went out at two o'clock, and we got onto Broad Street around five. And I was like, we looked across, and we were like, Reflex is. Banging at five o'clock in the afternoon. So I went in at six. No, what? Do you reckon that's the first time anyone's ever said that? What song was banging that made you go in there? You spin. Oh, no, 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 no. I think it was down, down, down. Oh, what? what? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. Okay. That one? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I've, I've, um, I wasn't hungover today. I went for a run and I've, um, yeah, I've done very well considering I was drinking from two o'clock till ten last night. Good on you. I so. wish I was drinking from two till ten yesterday. Yeah. No, I wasn't. I was throwing, nearly throwing up, doing a high rocks event in the gym. By the way, I'm never ever <laughs> fucking doing one of them again. What's, what's high rocks? It looks very difficult. To be fair, <laughs> it's a sickener. Did it at the boxing lab gym. Basically, you do it in pairs. So there was my, myself and my mate Jordan. Yeah, he had already moaned because he didn't want to go with me because he knew we were going to lose. <laughs> and then. Um, <laughs> So we had to do a thousand meter skier between us. Then we had to do a thousand meter row. Ooh. Then we had to do twenty sled pulls with forty kilogram on. Then we had to do half a kilometer run, half a kilometer cycle, wow. forty fifteen kilogram ball slams. Ooh. Finished off by a bit of boxing. Wow. Yeah, fucked was not the word. <laughs> so it took us twenty four and a bit minutes. Okay, but to top it off, Amy did it with um, her friend Haley. And they actually won and did it in under 21 minutes. Wow, So really? not only did I feel on, revoltingly Amy. sick oh, and knackered... You lost your wife I lost to my wife oh, as well. Man. Why didn't you and Amy do it together? I, Amy chose not to do it with me. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, there's a reason why she chose not to do it with me, and that is because she is... She's a lot fitter than me at the moment. Well, she's doing. She's been doing and this thing, she's been right? doing the this challenge thing. and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the less said about that, the better. Good job. Well done, Amy, as well. Good effort. I'll raise you. Around about the same time, I was carrying four extremely heavy bags back to the car from Audi. And you know, that's pretty... <laughs> In the rain. Yeah. To top it off as well, yeah. Amy not own, and her partner not only won, they beat a professional boxer and his dad. Wow. Yeah. Well done, Amy. But one thing I do want to do, and I did say I'd give her a shout out, she started up a new business and it, her name's Dale. It's Dale Ingram and she started up her own um, yoga business. So it's called Yoga with Dale. Uh, she does it in Coventry. Um, so I will post all the details and stuff like that on the comments and what have you. And we'll, yeah, I just said I'd give her a little bit of a plug. So there you go, Dale. I told you I'd do it. There we go. 
Hello to, to Matt Stevens, who is joining us from... You're in Taunton, aren't you, down in Somerset in the UK? Hey, guys, you right? It's actually the second time we tried to have Matt on. There was an episode, I think around about a month ago, and bless Matt, he actually joined us while he was on a family holiday at Centre Parks, and it was the night that the studio blew up, if anyone remember that one. <laughs> so, can you just give us a little bit of information about yourself, what you, uh, what you do for a living, and um, the name of your other half, and then we'll, we'll get into your story, but just have a little bit of a background. Live in Taunton in Somerset. Grew up in West Sussex. Job work as a helicopter engineer in wow. the Royal Navy. Nice. Same as my wife. Uh, wife's name's Lauren, but I'll probably refer to her during this as Loz. Just like caller. Loz, okay. Um, and yeah, helicopter. That's a proper job. Helicopter isn't it? engineer. Yeah, you know, you like you say I'm a helicopter engineer. Like you know what I mean? It's a proper job. Interesting. I got a question. <laughs> yeah, this, this could be interesting because <laughs> you might be the right man for this. Any chance you can make them quieter? <laughs> because three in the morning <laughs> when the, the police one's over. Yeah, I mean, what? to be fair, that, yeah, they are loud. I'm like, I don't mind if you want, but when they're going around for 20 minutes. Yeah, they are loud. Like, make, remember that TV? I don't know how old you are, but remember that I grew up watching a TV show called Airwolf, Airwolf. right? And it was silent Airwolf, mode. Airwolf, yes. Yeah. Silent mode. Yeah, yeah. Can you, have you got a yeah, silent mode? How long can you fix yeah. that into I'll pass it forward to the uh, design team <laughs> yeah just have a word mate. some silences on them yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah come on spare a thought for us public <laughs> <laughs> you and uh, your sorry is it your girlfriend or your wife Lauren I miss wife your wife Lauren wife. now it was in August 2021 so just coming up to two years ago and it was Nolan, uh, your child that was yeah. born and as we ask every guest to do if you don't mind taking us and everyone listening and watching through your story in as much detail as you need, in as much time as you need. And yeah, just take us all the way back to the start. Happy days. Um, yeah, so it was, the, it was the 12th of August, 2021. And me and my wife were just chilling at home. You know, we were getting ready for bed, watching Undercover Boss UK. Got highly addicted to that at the good time. Good show. And um, we, we were just getting ready for bed and... Loz just gave me that look. You know, you're in trouble. So something's happened. I said, I think my waters are broke. So I was like, all right. Well, you know, the bags are packed. They're in the car ready because we were due within the next week. So we rang, rang the maternity unit up and said, look, the waters are broke. And they said, yeah, come in, you know, get yourself in. So we drove down, arrived at the hospital and, you know, then it started to slow down for a bit. Did all the checks, got her all strapped up to the monitors. Mm. Absolutely fine. You know, there was no, no issues. They weren't worried about anything. So the night, night went on. They let, they let me stay the night because they were, you know, weren't sure where it was going to go. So we got to the morning of the 13th and they said, you know, nothing's happened for a while. So go home, have a shower, chill out, you know, relax, maybe go for a walk and, you know, come back in two or three hours. So we, we got home, we had a shower. And I think we were just getting dressed again and Loz's contraction started. So I phoned up and said, look, contractions have started. We're coming back in. And they said, yeah, you know, no worries. Get yourself back in. So that was probably about two, two o'clock in the afternoon. So we went back in and again, you know, just started going contractions and that went on till about eight o'clock at night. And then she started to go in, you know, contractions started getting heavier and heavier. And, sorry, no, bigger and bigger, closer and closer together. And she started to deliver at probably about 11 o'clock at night. So Nolan was born at 23.41 and he came out and, you know, he, he wasn't, they, they weren't too happy with him at all. They, you know, they, they rushed him off to the recess table 
and there was a curtain between us and the recess table and they kind of left Loz in a, in a state, you know, where, you know, as you can imagine, a female was just given birth. She was very vulnerable. She was crying. And we were told, you know, when he's born, he might need a little bit of help breathing because, you know, just a newborn. So I was like, okay, fine. So time started to go on and I remember looking around the curtain and more, I could just hear more and more people coming into the room and I thought, something, you know, something's not right here. But mm. I'm just trying to reassure Loz you know, so everything's fine. You know, they told us this would happen. You know, it's absolutely fine. And I, I turned around the curtain and I just saw them pumping on his chest doing CPR. And I just thought, fuck. Mm. And no, no one was saying anything. It was all quiet. You could just hear all these machines. And, and I remember like mouthing to this doctor, is he dead? Like, can someone just tell me what's going on? Is he dead? And all the time, Loz is saying, you know, what's going on? What's, is he all right? She's crying her eyes out. So I'm just trying to reassure her, saying, yeah. he's fine, he's fine. You know, doing, you know, they're just working on him still. And, and then I just started to lose it a bit. Yeah. I was like, can someone look, like, look after Loz as well? I know what's going on over there, but, you know, she's still sitting here, you know, legs open. She hasn't been attended to. She's just given birth. So they started to sort her out. And then one of the doctors said... Um, we need to take him down to the local NICU. And we didn't have a clue what NICU was. Do you know, you, well, we had no exposure to this beforehand. Yeah, you, you, you never expect to be in this situation. They rushed him down there. And again, they just left us sitting there idle. But the, a doctor came in, started sewing laws up and, you know, just trying to explain it briefly. And again, we still didn't have a clue. We were very still in shock, um, still trying to reassure laws. And I think that's initially where I built up my wall, my protective wall. And I was like, well, I've got to look after Loz now. You know, she's the vulnerable one. I don't really care at this point, like, about myself. A few hours went on and they said, you know, we could go down and see Nolan in NICU. And we were like, okay. So Loz got a wheelchair. We went down and he, he was all there, you know, wired up. All the machines going in, his little, little sunglasses on to keep the lights out of his face. And that was the first time we both thought, this isn't good. You know, we've something's happened here, which we didn't we didn't really have a clue what was going on. What were you being told? So all we've been told is um, there have been some struggles at birth, and he needed additional help. Okay. So that's you know that's all we were really told. Um, and they said there was there was something in his lung that they couldn't get out. They were having troubles getting something out of his lung. Absolutely. You know, again, we didn't have a clue. We were very naive to it all. We went back to the room and. Loz's mum was allowed to come in. So at this time, it was at the end of COVID. So there was no, no visitors, but they said, you know, if you want Loz's mum to come in, she can. So she came in. And the last the parents had heard was, Loz is in labour, you know, go to sleep and we'll phone you when, when they've arrived. It's a phone call you never think you'd have to make. <sighs> and, you know, they answered the phone really excited. Mm. And I said, look, Loz is okay. We've had a little boy, his name's Nolan, but he's had to go down to NICU. And they were like, all right, okay. They said, you know, what can we do? Do you want us to come in? I said, you can't come in. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. And then later on, we found out Loz's mum could. So I phoned her and said, look, you can come in. Loz wants you to come in. Please come in and comfort her. Yeah. So we stayed there that night and um, we got told that a NEST team, so the NEST is like the Newborn Emergency Stabilisation Transfer Team, based in Bristol. It's a specialist ambulance and team designated for neonatal right. medical care. We were in the little room with Nolan when they arrived 
and it was like dancing. They were just dancing around this theatre and all just doing what they had to do. It was it was just, you know, faultless. So they strapped him up to what they needed to. And they said, look, we're going to take him down to Bristol now, up to Bristol. Um, and I said, you know, well, do I go with him? Or And they said, there's no point coming with him because when he gets there, you know, he's going to be treated. You won't be allowed in with him. You're better off staying here with Loz. And sorry, Matt, so how, like, right. how, sorry, how yeah. far is Bristol from where you are at this point? Uh, so it's about, about an hour. So it's a fair old way then. Yeah, yeah so, you know, our, our son, hours old, was getting taken away from us straight away. That's... An hour up the road. I had, I had my you know, newborn son oh. travelling on his own. Mm. I had my wife, who was, you know, in absolute pieces down, yeah. down the corridor. So I, I was basically kind of told, stay with your wife. You know, that's, that's the best you know plan of action so I was like okay so we stayed with Loz so that was early hours of the morning we had a um, a message come through from Bristol with a picture of him saying he's he's arrived safely you know this is him he's peaceful he's in he's in bed and had all his medical gear on um, so we you know Loz received some post postnatal care um, at Taunton but very limited they were just more concerned about Nolan really and that's 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 another story um, mm. so it was about lunchtime Loz got discharged so we, we rushed home we packed a bag and they said you know get, get a bag because you will be staying at Bristol for a few days we didn't, we didn't have a clue where we were staying what we were doing where we were going they just said get yourself to Southmead and when we arrived you know the hospital were brilliant they, they said look we've got some rooms on the ward we're going to put you in one of the rooms it was just a little bed there was a shared toilet shared shower there was three rooms I think we went in and we saw him and the family were brilliant. Yeah. They, so my, my parents come down from Sussex and they stayed with the in-laws. They basically moved in with the in-laws for three months. It was, you know, half to my in-laws were just allowing them to do that. And every day, without fail, the family came up and sat outside the hospital. Wind, rain, sun, they were there. And they couldn't, they couldn't come in because yeah. of COVID rules and whatnot. They just sat outside all day. Well, amazing and family. Every now, every now and then, we would go in, go out and see them, and you know they would take us to Costa to get a coffee, just yeah. get us away from Niku for a bit. When we arrived there, I, I kind of said to myself, "Look, I need to start looking after Loz now." You know, she didn't, she didn't want to eat, she didn't want to shower, she didn't want to drink. So I, so I kind of said to her, "Look, when we get up in the morning, first thing we do is we'll have a shower, and we'll have some food. If we don't look after ourselves, then we're not going to look after Nolan. You know, I can't have you going down as well, and you being in a ward down that end of the hospital." And Nolan being in the ward this end of the hospital. Mm. I need you to look after yourself. And um, fair play to her, you know, she found the strength to do that and we helped each other through. Some of the frustrating things in that hospital, like you'd go outside to see your parents, just have a cuddle, cry, and you'd see pregnant people smoking. Or you'd see people walking out of hospital with their newborn baby and you just wanted to scream and shout and infuriating. It's something that comes up quite often with guests on this. I suppose, unless you completely change the layout of every... I've always yeah. thought it should be illegal, personally. In yes. my opinion, it well, should be in... illegal to, to smoke during pregnancy. Yeah. yeah. Like, in my opinion, it should be illegal, full stop. But you're right, it is, it's the way that hospitals are designed and, the, yeah. you know, you have that main door to come out. I, I remember it um, coming out after we'd lost Lily and just going out for some fresh air and you see people out there having a fag and... Listen, I'm not knocking them for having a fag because that's what they're choosing to do, but they're choosing to do it while they're pregnant, so that's why I'm knocking yeah. you. 
fine, you're a smoker, that's fine. But surely your unborn baby at that time is your priority. Not a, You just want to scream to him, don't you? Do, like, yeah. You don't know how lucky you are. Yeah, absolutely. Like, why are you risking it? But also, like you've said as well, Matt, is that you immediately become the protector because like you were saying, you wanted to protect um, Lauren and, and she was your, she became the person that you were trying to console constantly, but also having that other side with Nolan. And because you're in that protector mode, you're effectively, whenever you do see people putting either themselves or other people, or, or sorry, their unborn babies in danger, I'm not surprised that you want to stand there and shout and scream and they don't obviously have an understanding of what you're going through at that time. It just adds into that, that cocktail of emotions that you're going through at, at the Absolutely, time. Absolutely, But yeah. one thing I will say, the fact that you, your family came down every day and just was there outside because obviously they weren't allowed in with, with COVID and going, that's, that's, um, that's really good, that. It was, it was incredible, absolutely incredible. The support we got from them. It's the it's, first time I've you know, even even the nurses said they've they've never they've never seen it. I was just about to say that is I mean, you know, obviously we see a lot of people through the charity and so forth, and that is the first you are sorry, the first person really that I've heard actually say that as well. That yeah. you know, both sides of the family have, you know, dropped everything their whole life to be able to support you at yeah. that time. And like you say, come wind, rain or shine, they're there and it's just, I think it's just that moral support, isn't it? Knowing that they're there and that if Absolutely. you need that couple of minutes, five minutes where you can go outside, have a hug, get a coffee, you know, it's certainly very, very helpful to, to many, many people if, if that was the same for everybody, isn't it? It was, it was just nice seeing them as well. But you're obviously going through the worst time of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Before we went live tonight, something that um, I hope you don't mind me saying, Matt, because it, yeah. you feel a little bit nervous about coming on and talking about the story, which is completely understandable, um, reliving this. Because one thing that, again, that we hear from people when they come on, sometimes you have that story and you've been through it, but then it's been a while since you've openly, you know, you have the internal thoughts. And something that you said, which was, you've not really spoke about it. So there'll be a lot of people within your your social circle, obviously not family, but, you you know, your closer circle, who... Don't know about this yet. Yeah, a lot, a lot of colleagues and friends, obviously close friends and family know the story, but a lot of colleagues and friends yeah. just know that Nolan passed. Almost what Dan said there is almost like a seamless link, if you like, as into the sort of line of question I wanted to ask you. And that was, you know, we know you're a helicopter engineer. So we know you're in a, in a, a field, in a career where it's probably very macho, very, you know lots of jokes, lots of banter, bravado, yeah. what have you. How do you then, or how are you able to go back to work and continue in that sort of manner? Do you think, did it, it's obviously going to change you, but in terms of how you went back to work and, and started to work around those people that you were seeing, you know, day in, day out yeah. with that banter and stuff, did, did that change at all? Within 48 hours, we were around my father-in-law's house we just he, they got fish and chips went around there my brother-in-law he was also in the navy and he said you want to ring up we've got like a padre at work right so it's basically like a, a branch in there which do the welfare sort of stuff and this was at half ten on a sunday night and i rang him up and I, I just explained it and he said you know one you know what's your name what's your service number and where are you half ten on sunday you know, I told him and he said, right, yeah, I'll be there in an hour. Wow. Just dropped everything and he was there in an hour. 
Um, he was only there for five, ten minutes. Uh, he just got the story and then he went back. So he was our like initial link between us and work the whole time. Right. And he, he was with us the whole journey and he'd, he'd be in the story throughout, really. Mm. His name's Brent. You're clearly a very popular person. Your family are outside all the time. This dude, <laughs> this dude on a Sunday turned up in an hour. <laughs> I know, yeah. He was, he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. But I, I will get back to that, right yeah. later on. Yeah, how Sam. we got back into work and yeah, stuff. Um, so yeah, back, back onto the NICU. And, you know, we, we were there for about 10 days. You start to drive yourself mental. You start, in your head, you start to try and read the monitors, what they're saying, what the readings are, what the numbers mean. And we were like, well, that's good. You know, that, that figure's gone up. And we, was, we would call the doctor over and they were like, yeah. don't look into it too much. Mm. And you're like... Everyone in here just um, nodded their head when, when you mentioned about reading the monitors. All three of the guys in here just nodded their head like, it's, yeah. Yeah. You just, you, you try to understand it to give yourself a bit of positivity. And I, I was positive the whole, whole time. So ever since he was born, I was like, he's going to make it. He's absolutely going to make it. I've got full faith in him. And we started singing. Loz said to me, you know, maybe we should sing him a song every day. So she sang him, Hush Little Baby, Don't You Cry. And I started singing to him, uh, You've Got a Friend in Me, <laughs> which is where the Woody and Toy Story theme came yeah, from. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we sang that to him religiously every day of his life. I made a point, even if it was like five to midnight, I'm like, shit, I'm, I haven't sung a song, I need to sing it to him today. And then they, they said to us, right, we're going to have to send Nolan for an MRI. Okay. And we were like, all right. So, you know, they brought this massive, like, space shuttle trolley with all this breathing ventilator on and all this. So I was saying to him, like, you know, you're off from your space shuttle now. We'll see you in two hours. And that was, you know, that was the, the hitting point for us when that come back. So we got called into an office with the doctors and they said, you can bring a parent in each. And that's when we knew it wasn't good news. And they basically said he had, he had brain damage on the brain stem, which was, you know... Non-repairable, and he wasn't going to recover from it. They kind of took a decision out of our hands that they were going to remove the ventilator on this day. I think it was two days from then. So we're going to remove the ventilator, but we, we were we were grateful that it was taken out of our hands. You okay. know, I was about to ask, how did you feel about about that? Yeah, they said all the family can come in. So come in two at a time. I think it was. Yeah. They can come in, meet Nolan. You know, hold his hand, um, and then we'll put you in a side room. So I phoned up Brent, the Bish, the Padre, and I said, look, this is what's going on. And he was there throughout and he used his special white collar to get access whenever he wanted to. <laughs> yeah. And we agreed with Brent that we'd like to get him christened. Yeah. So he came in and he christened him in the room of all the family there. So all the family got dressed up and... Oh, wow. It was really nice. Yeah. We, we managed to give him a bath. His first bath, put him in, you know, his baby grow that we were going to take him home from. Mm. So that was really special. Doctors, you know, they made this bath up for him, right temperature, all the stuff he needed. His bum hit the water, pooed. Uh, <laughs> was that the first poo so, as well? Because that is like, yeah. No, no, it wasn't. He had, he had a, he had a cup. So by this time, he had been in, he had been in NICU for about eight to nine days. Okay. So we've been doing his nappy in the little incubator. But just seeing your face then, when when you tell us about that story your whole face just lit up you know yeah. Bobby Water that was his first Hood. first little like mischievous act. yeah <laughs> good lad um, you know sorry said, do they carry on the baptism or do they like little no it was just when he was having a bath after the bath oh yeah, right oh, yeah. you don't christen a bath yeah. <laughs> 
I just thought maybe it was different in the RAF. <laughs> different in the RAF. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, I can't I'm let not, that lie. I'm normally the one that says stupid things. I'm sorry. I, do you know what, Matt? What? Ari. We've done Ari with Dan Neger. Just yeah, to yeah. test the temperature of the water. <laughs> Why not, would it be an RAF? Thing? I don't know. I only have showers. Sorry, hang on. Sorry. No, no that's, yeah, that, it, that, that oh. comment's even worse than the last one. Yeah. Why would you test the temperature of the water with his bum? I'm from Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies, Matt. You know that. You know that gift. That, you know that. You know that. Hundred percent done gift when they fall over. Yeah. That's me right now. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> even Alex is sat here just laughing as if to say, "What the fuck am I?" So now we it? know it's not an RAF thing. You can continue your story. Happy days. Just yeah. me who's had that. Then. Um, All right. Sorry, Matt. Glad we've cleared that up. Carry on. Oh, so dear. we. I, I said to them, you know, when you take the ventilator off, I want him to be in in my arms so I don't want him on the bed if he's going to die I don't want him dying on a hospital bed sheet that's not the way you know he deserves better than that yeah. so I said can I hold him so he was in my arms and I had Loz next to me holding his feet or his hand you know just just touching him yeah. and they took the ventilator out and everyone everyone had kind of said to me at this point you know there's a chance he's not going to make it I was like no no he's, he's going to make it he's 100% going to breathe you know I don't know what you're talking about don't hear it yeah so they took the ventilator off and he started breathing. Oh, and wow. We, you know, everyone was just amazed. Everyone managed to have a little cuddle with him gently on the sofa. And then we had two members of the hospice come down, Children's Hospice Southwest. Absolutely lovely people. And they said, you know, we've got this place down the road. You know, would you be willing to come there? So they can't hold you here anymore because, you know, we don't know how long he's going to go on for. Yeah. And it was a lovely place. We were like, yeah, absolutely, let's go. So that night we were transferred there. But they said, you know, there is a risk he may not make it to the hospice. So I remember Loz, Loz and her mum went in the ambulance with Nolan. Um, and me and my mum drove my car on the main Loz took up there to the hospice. And yeah. that was that was horrific, really, yeah. driving there. They, everyone kept saying, you know, are you sure you're right to drive? And I just said, I need some normality. Yeah. I need yeah. I need to drive because what I'm going through I just need something normal in my life Matt can so I just poor ask mom, my poor mum bless her Matt, can, can I just ask a quick question yeah he's obviously breathing which is which yeah. is brilliant but also in the, in the same breath I suppose and, and I use that term loosely you know in what's inevitably going to happen yeah whilst you're cherishing every single breath and every single moment that you're having with him how and where is your head at knowing full well that this is only going to be for a short period of time? That, that was the, when I initially built up the wall of protection for Loz and the family. That is all that was going through my head. Mm. So I need to look after Loz. And me and Loz had spoken. We said, we're going to give this little boy everything we have. If, you know, if we've got a couple of days, a couple of hours, he's going to have all the love we can give him. And we kind of said, you know, regardless of how long we're here, we're going to do as much as we can in the little space of time. Mm. And I didn't really think about the end result. I just thought about making the most of the time. Mm. I don't think I really processed it, to be honest with you. Is that you as um, a person anyway? Are you a sort of glass half full rather than a glass yeah. half empty? Yeah, I think I think so, yeah. And do you think, I'm always quite positive about stuff. I was going to say, that. do you think that. that that is, um, it sounds very much like that, 
because you are like that, you're able to, yeah. you know, like yourself, like you say, sorry, put yourself in in a position where you're you're not allowing the negativity or the yeah. feeling to overtake. Yeah, I think it all also goes back to what Ryan was saying just then about, and you've already pointed out, you put this wall up, and I think it comes back to the whole reason we're doing this podcast. I feel like at this point, as much as we don't use the term, but you almost became the the man, yeah. if that makes sense. And I, and I mean that in yeah. a way of like, not to say that the men are the ones that do this and the women are the ones that aren't doing this, but ultimately... Um, Loz was in the ambulance you were in the car but you were and we've talked about this a lot that you know I know I certainly did after we lost Cali there is that autopilot that you go on where you're like 100% right, yeah I've, I've got to do this because if I don't do this no one's going to do this Is it like? does that make sense is it like instinct mode yeah. I, I think it probably is because what else there's nothing else you can do at this point right no, literally nothing else not. you can do you've got You've been thrown into this situation. You've got, we know there's no manual to it anyway. Yours is a situation that obviously none of us have been through in, in here, but obviously we've been through the loss, but we haven't been through a situation where your boy is now alive and you don't know how long it's going to go on for. So, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty positive person, but I don't know how I would have been in this situation. So, you know. And it yeah. comes back to something my cousin said. He, his little girl was quite ill in hospital she you know she pulled through and they went through a rough time for a few weeks months and I remember phoning him up on the first couple of days and he said something to me and he said you've got two options you can either stick your head in the sand or keep moving yeah, yeah. for some reason that just stuck with me so you get there you, you were saying um, you, you were just about to apologise to your mum I think for your driving I think that was the last thing I remember well yeah I think bless her I think she was probably terrified I wasn't thinking straight and she was sitting next to me in this car on the motorway yeah we got there safe and sound we got there before the ambulance I was very naive to what hospice was yeah, well, and someone kind of yeah. said to me that, that when we arrived said do you know do you know what a hospice is and I said no yeah. there's Why, a chance you that? that you might be coming in here but you might not be leaving yeah, yeah. and I was like nah rubbish of course we will yeah mm. So I kept that positivity up. Anyway, so we, we, you know, we arrived, we got settled in and they had made this, this room. So during the time it was COVID, so we had three rooms. You had a bedroom, a lounge, and then like a dining room because you can interact with other families. And they had designed this spare bedroom or would have been Nolan's room, completely covered in Toy Story. You know, his name was on the wall. No there was Toy Story teddies everywhere, DVDs. It was really nice. That afternoon, we were doing footprints on canvases. They said to us, there's no machines. We won't have any hospital machines to hospice. This isn't a hospital. This is a place, for, you know, to make memories, enjoy yourself. And we're not going to have any machines monitoring him. We were right. like, brilliant. You know, that's, that's all we want. We just want some time with him to treat him as a child, not as a patient. Yeah. Um, yeah we, exactly. we were there for three weeks. You know, we did days out to the zoo. We did fish and chips on the beach. You know, the nurses would come with us with the suction machine. So part of the brain damage was he couldn't he couldn't swallow. Right. So you think how much saliva you build up in your mouth? Is that why he couldn't cry? Was, Is that why he couldn't? Was that yeah, why, yeah, I think it was all to do with the same sort of brain damage in the right wow. in the brain. Um, so you had to get suction machined. So the nurses would have to come with us to do that. Yeah. And he had an NG tube up his nose for feeding. Yeah. So we stayed there three weeks and the time came and they said, look, he's, you know, he's not showing any signs of deterioration. Like, 
we're going to have to eventually let you go home. He was a fighter, eh? Yeah. I know, proper, yeah, man. he was. Yeah, yeah. He was. He just did not want to give in, bless yeah. him. Oh, no wonder where he gets that um, from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bless him. So we got, we got trained up on the suction machines. We were well out of our depth, you know. And I think you've said it before, you know, you go from being a parent to a pharmacist, doctor, um, a nurse, all within yeah. a couple of hours. So we, we took him home and we kind of had to, me and Loz kind of had to roll into this kind of shift pattern because he couldn't be left unattended because as soon as he'd build up saliva, he would start to struggle. So one of us would have to do, stay up till midnight with him. The other person would get up at midnight till six in the morning. And then that person who went to bed at midnight would get up again at six. That's we crazy. did that for three months. Wow. Now I'm not being, fun- you know, I'm not being funny, right? But that's, that, for want of a better word, that's that's unbelievable. Like g- genuinely, yeah. I, and, and I know. Look, I'm not doing this to blow smoke up either of your asses or anything like that. But I'm I mean this in the sense of, I know we've talked about parental instincts and things, but for me, that's a different level. It's man. amazing. You've done that every, all the time level, for what? For what did you say? Three months or like 90, 90 every, plus days? Every day. There was not one moment when everyone was asleep. And you've got to learn how to do all this yeah. on top of dealing right. with your grief, trying to talk to your family, make arrangements, yeah. sort work out, like, yeah. recover. Yeah. So, so did he? Yeah, did he obviously, horrific. I know it sounds like a daft question, but did he? Did he sleep and things? Like I assume he did. Did he go to sleep? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I it was it was hard to tell. He didn't he didn't open his eyes for a, a good few weeks after he was born. Okay. So we we never really knew when he was sleeping and when he wasn't. Okay. Uh, he would obviously sleep at some points, yeah. but you'd still have to suction him because you would hear the saliva building up. Yeah. So how regularly did and, that happen, Matt? Uh, probably on average, once every twenty minutes or so. Really? Oh wow! Yeah, it was it was it was intense. So you can't switch off at all, right? No, no. And I remember one night I was I was doing the night shift, and he he started to struggle, and I just looked at him, and I just I just watched him for a few seconds. Yeah. And then I thought. Fucking well, what, what am I doing? Yeah. So this poor little boy is relying on me to stay alive. Yeah. I said I've got help, so I helped. I helped him, and I just remember I just screamed and I just punched the headboard as much and as hard as I could. And I was just so angry, not at him. It was just the situation, the cards we've been dealt. Yeah. I just thought this is so unfair, you know, not on me, but on him, on Loz, on the family. You're allowed to do that. It's, it's human, aren't you? It's, yeah. it's got to come out. That's what headboards are for. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But don't get me wrong, like, you know, throughout the three months, we went back for respite. Yeah. Uh, we'd do like a, a weekend there or two or three nights. The nurses would come out for the day. Eventually, we managed to get our parents trained up. So okay. me and Loz actually went out for her birthday for dinner. Wow. And, you know, or they would they would come round and... How was that, they Matt, would leaving them? How was that, leaving him? That was that was really hard. Yeah, yeah. We want to try and enjoy the moment, but also let's hurry up and get back. It was hard, and obviously, Loz, Loz didn't enjoy her birthday at all. No, um, she still struggles now. As do I, really. You know, it's, yeah. It's, it, it was just brings back memories. Mm. Um, but you know, and then as as time went on, we had to learn how to administer like morphine and all the drugs and such, and that was horrific as well. Never thought I'd be doing morphine. And you said this, so this, yeah. this went on for three for three months in in the house. Yeah, it was just under three months. Wow. Yeah, so we went back at the end of October for respite. And it okay. was planned in to be two or three days, 
So what would happen on respite was we would get a full night's sleep and the nurses would look after him on the night shift. Yeah. And obviously they would do all the medical care and medication and just give us a little brief in the morning of what had happened, what it had been like. And they, they woke, woke up the next morning and they said, this happened a lot last night. You know, he was struggling a lot. Is this, and we said, yeah, that, that happens every night. It transpired, they said, look, we've got, we've got the spare room for a couple of days. If you want to stay a bit longer, you can. And we were like, why not? You know, we're only going to go home, not sleep, sit in the house. So we stayed a few extra days. We got really friendly with this doctor and she was lovely. You know, she would just tell you the truth, tell you as it is. And Loz, Loz said to her that to her from the beginning, she said, look, just be black and white. I don't want you dancing around anything. Yeah. And she said, you know, he's deteriorating and he's struggling a lot more. And she basically said that we had been suctioning too well, that we were helping him out too much. And if we hadn't, he probably would have passed a lot sooner oh. or like started to struggle a lot more. So wow. that was nice, but it was also like... That's like the, he's, he, the worst compliment you'll ever want to hear. Right? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. very bittersweet. Yeah. And they, 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 they knew the time was coming up. So they arranged the Christmas day. <laughs> Bearing in mind, this is like the end, end of October, beginning of November. We had Christmas. The hospice did a Christmas dinner, did crackers. There was ever more Christmas outfits, oh. Christmas jumpers. <laughs> So he managed to have a Christmas day. Oh, bless it. And this was, sorry, this really was start was. of, end of October, start of November, was it, when you did that? Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. That's amazing. But there, there was another family there at the time, so they jumped in as well. So they had Christmas with their little girl. The, the hospice just incredible. Absolutely incredible. He went on a syringe driver, um, and that was basically just to start giving him the medicine, you know, continuously to make him more comfortable. Yeah. And that was basically the start of end-of-life care, which was a harsh pill yeah. to swallow. Yeah. yeah. Did you know that On that the... was the start of end-of-life? Did you know? Yeah. 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 Like, we, we, we asked the doctors a lot of questions. Mm. And like I said earlier, we, we said, no, black and white. Yeah. We just want the truth. We don't want to be lied to. We don't want to be dancing around. Just tell us straight. Yeah. And on, on the 6th of November... We was meant to be our wedding party day. So we got married in COVID and we were having a wedding party. We had to obviously had to cancel it again. Um, but some of the family and friends had still had hotels booked. So the hospice said we could have some friends and family attend the hospice. And, you know, we could have some drinks and they'd put on a bit of food. So they would attend. They'd be a lovely day. And the medical, uh, some of the nurses said, you know, I think it's time for people to leave. And we were like, why? They said, he's, he's not looking as well as he was earlier. I think people should start to leave now. We said, okay, all right. So we were, I, was, I was a bit annoyed at this time. I was like, you know, that's up to us, surely, if there people are leaving. And, but looking back on it, you know, trust the professionals. Loz's mum stayed that night. We asked if she could stay. We handed Nolan over to the care staff and we stayed up for a bit, just us three and just chilled. Anyway, we went to bed and about two, for some reason that night, I kept hearing footsteps coming down the corridor and I'd wake up and I was just sleeping so lightly and about two in the morning, the door knocked and they brought in Nolan and said, it's, it's time, he's, we think he's going. And I, cause I said to him, I said, if he's going to go, let me know because he's dying in my arms. He's not dying yeah. in his car. He's not dying in a pushchair. So we sat up in bed and I had him like cradling him I had Loz leaning against me playing with his hair or you know holding his hand and I said to Loz I said I think he's gone 
he just went really, really still, really quiet. And um, we were there for about five, ten minutes, you know, just holding him. And no one had told us what happens when someone passes away. So, you know, it was peaceful, just me and her. And then all of a sudden, he just went... <laughs> and I remember kind of throwing him in the air a little bit oh, and catching him on my legs. I remember saying to Lars, like, press the alarm, press the alarm, like, get... Whoa. And the nurse come in, Dan, and he said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. He said, I forgot to tell you, you know, when I forgot someone to dies, tell you. they will release the gas. That's yes. Wow. And that was his that was his last kind of his last little mischievous act. <laughs> we we were we were ter- terrified, but we, we I was just gonna say, sorry laughing. to put it so bluntly. Yeah, Did that right. just like shit you up a little bit? Because it's like they're absolutely I, I think I had I think I think I knew where he was oh, going to really? go with that. Yeah, right. I think I knew where he was going to go because it is. It's the. It's like the last breath. It's the final. Yeah, breath. That, yeah. Because even when you breathe out, yeah, you've still got and air within like, yeah. your lungs and because so of he, the pressure. So it comes back like out. That. Okay, so, so it's it, it's the it's the very final bit of air. Comes I, back yeah, out. Yeah. I know the things can happen and there's reflexes and muscle yeah. twitches, but and yeah. Wow, I mean, but I mean, funny just, that, that when you did that, that scared the shit out of me. Like, no. Yeah, like yeah. It, that's 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 mad, man. That's mad. But um, I like the way though, Matt, yeah. that you've sort of said that you've looked at that as in a that was the last Mis- sort of little mischievous yeah. thing that you did. Yeah. We both looked at each other and we 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 just laughed. We just <laughs> and that's amazing. And I know it was such a relief that he was no longer struggling. Right. Yeah. He wasn't in pain. He wasn't having to live on a syringe driver or morphine. Yeah, it was. You know, that was up there in one of the the better days of our on our path already because he was finally at peace yeah yeah. I can only just reiterate what an amazing attitude you have and yeah. as I've mentioned a few times during the podcast I can't quite get my head around it because at the the part which is the moment that you lose your child yeah. you've got this memory with it and you say it with this love and this smile you even added up a little joke you went I threw yeah. him up in the air it's just these yeah. how, you, how you've handled it and yeah. oh, the, the attention to detail you've put in it and I'm wary because you've not really spoke about it as you were saying to us off air at the start so from all of us in here and, and everyone watching it and listening to this I think you've been an absolutely incredible yeah, guest absolutely. Oh, thank you very much that, absolutely right we, we need to talk about what happens after and life yeah. continuing and I want to do that on another episode maybe we can get you up here I don't know we can get a helicopter and fly up yeah. <laughs> just sign one out and borrow so, it but on silent mode yeah yeah we've got a big car park out here you can land it inside I'll draw a big so that, that'll go down well with the taxpayers <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's alright they just, pay for other stuff yeah, so don't yeah, worry yeah, about yeah, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> just put it on government expenses he'll be alright I think Dan just wants to see a helicopter Sounds like you want no, to No, I see lots of them. I just don't want to fucking hear them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to buy him a Harold the Helicopter. Yeah, shall we? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, any, anyone got any uh, anything they'd like to say? No, I, th- well, I, I think I just want to echo what obviously Dan's just said there. I think the way that you've explained everything, the, like we say, the attention to detail, your whole story, the way you've explained it with the dignity and just the ability to be able to talk about something so emotive in the way that you have done. I think, you know, he's hats off to you because it's not, I mean, we know ourselves, it's not easy to be able to, to tell our stories and over time it becomes that little bit, you know, easier to be able to tell it. But um, I think you've, you've certainly done him, certainly done him proud and, I'm sure he had a little giggle when you said there that he scared (laughs) the shit out of you and you, uh, yeah, but, you know, wow. like like I say, well well done, Max. It's not easy. And no, thank you very much. No, I'm. I'm. That's no, been a privilege. Yeah, I can't. I can't say much more. Just be, 
just be so proud of how you've done it and how you've how you've told it and yeah man like just I think it's just amazing honestly amazing Matt Stevens, our guest on episode 59 of the Still Parents podcast. As we say, Matt will be back. So in the meantime, if you uh, listen to this or watch it back before it comes back uh, before he comes back on and you want to drop him a message or a question or anything, you can do through our website, stillparentspodcast.co.uk, our Instagram, stillparentspodcast, and our Twitter. You can find us there. If you would like to come on yourself, whether it's for a full episode or just for five minutes via Zoom, however long you'd like to come on for, get in touch with us and we would love to hear from you and finally the only thing we will ask of you if you have made it this far is if you don't mind spending 20 seconds dropping us a quick review or you don't even have to write anything just give us the stars because it helps the podcast and similar podcasts to this one get discovered and we need all of them to have more lights shined on them so they can be heard correct correct yeah right I think that's it thank you Matt no cheers guys you made that corona last a while yeah or is that more than... Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm really... Uh, well, I'm on my third one. Oh, wow, okay. You, you made them three Coronas go quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, brilliant. All the best, Matt. Cheers. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, everyone. Take care, and we'll be back for our next episode very, very soon. See you soon.